0: If you join me again in the Gospel of according to Luke, uh, the second chapter, going to look at how uh, Jesus is now being presented uh, to the temple. He's been born uh, unto Mary and to Joseph, and now they go to uh, the temple. Luke's second chapter, uh, we will pick up looking at verses twenty. 1 to 40 I'll be reading from the New Living uh, Translation uh, for our reading I'm only going to lift up a few verses we will I will just read verses 21 to 22 I hear pages turning if you're not there say hold on amen Sometimes we're there amen say let us begin Eight days later, when the baby was circumcised, he was named Jesus, the name given him by the angel, even before he was conceived. Then it was time for their purification offering, as required by the law of Moses, after the birth of a child. So his parents took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. The law of the Lord says, if a woman's first child is a boy, he must be dedicated to the Lord. So they offered the sacrifice required of the law of the Lord. Either a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Praise God for his words. You may be seated. As you take your seat, help me announce the subject matter to your neighbor. Tell him he came to serve. Came to serve. Amen. Help, help me. Help me. I'll tell you other neighbor. Tell him he came to serve. Uh, looking at this text, how to you, grad, that he came to serve, look closely here within the text. It says that after he was born, after eight days, uh, his parents had him circumcised. And then also said they went and did according to the law of Moses. Um, catch closely here. You see clearly here that he had a mother and a father who knew God's law and was obedient to God's law. Even to the fact that we find out even Jesus in his adult ministry says, I only do what my father has told me to do. And what I want to highlight here is that their obedience was already set as an example for their son of how to follow, follow the father's laws. What I'm trying to say is how he came to serve one queen, one key qualifying object we need to understand and service is obedience Uh, we can't not learn how to serve if we first don't know how to obey Uh, many people want to buy books on leadership and say how can you be a great leader but the problem is that many of them will never be a good leader because they have not learned how to follow in order to follow, you know how to obey. But if you don't know how to obey, then you do not do not know how to follow. Then you won't be as successful as a leader because a leader needs to have good followers. But a leader has to observe and show how to be a good follower. How do we see this in here? It says that Mary and Joseph followed Moses' law. It says eight days that's so. 8 days he was born uh, he was circumcised according to the law and that's when he received his name his name that was already given him before he was even conceived Remember, we talked about that within the text. The angel told you you'll be with child. His name will be Jesus. How is this going to happen? I'm a virgin. Don't worry about it. The angel will overshadow you. Be, then you will become pregnant. So even before she was with child, she was told the name of the child. We see it being fulfilled here eight days after his birth, circumcised and properly named. But it does not stop there since then some days later they go in for the purification. Now, that's 40 days. So after 40 days, he has to go to the temple for the purification. So we understand here clearly that Moses' uh, uh, law has been set. The people of Israel are known to be obedient. And so Mary and Joseph are obedient and they go. Now, let me help some people out that don't understand. Romans 12 and 1, we like that verse. We, we say we present our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto the Lord. But sometimes we forget the last part of those two verses. In verse 2, it says this is your reasonable act of service. or so, so some translation says worship. We serve God when we worship him. We worship him how we serve him. But if we don't obey him, we're not serving him. Therefore, we are not worshiping him. I might have lost somebody. Let me slow it down and bring it back. Walking into this sanctuary is not worship. Waving your hand does not qualify also as worship all the time. But this does qualify as, as worship every time when you love your neighbor as you love yourself. When you do unto others as you have them do unto you. When you pray for them and bless them and curse them. Now I'm talking about your enemies That's worshiping God. Now, you see here, when we worship God, we are obeying his law and serving him. And when we serve him, we got no choice that we will walk into the sanctuary and then we'll wave our hands. And we do that because we are involved in serving him. Worshiping him. And so they're worshiping God. They're honoring God by bringing their child in. And then they're going for the purification. Now, look in the text. It says that for the purification that she brought two pigeons, Right? And two turtle doves. Now the law requires that they bring forth a lamb and a pigeon. But if he cannot afford a lamb, then two turtle doves and two pigeons will be okay. The lamb was used for the burnt offering, and the pigeon was used for the sin offering, for the purification. But it shows that they were of lower status, that they were poverty, that they did not have, they were not well-off. So therefore, all they could afford was a lesser two of the two offerings, was a two turtle, or two pigeons. So one was for the bread offering, one was for the sin offering, for the purification. But as I look at this text, I think about it, how, behold, it is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, but yet his mother and the father had not a lamb to give for the sacrifice. But yet God has always a provision, a substitute. Y'all see that there in the text? Right there, there's a substitute that if you do not have this, you can have this. Anybody here think about our God, how Christ was obedient unto the Lord, that we had nothing to give, but we had a substitute. I heard someone say that when when uh, uh, don't say that when I step in in your place and help you out with something and say that oh God always has a ram in the bush because you know the ram got sled. Here in the process here that when when Jesus showed us step up, he was the ram in the bush, he was in our place. He was the substitute that was sacrificed and out and unto God. Here we see again, God always makes provision for his people so that needs can be met. Check, check this out. What I'm trying to point out to us is that there's many times in our lives that we want to accomplish things that we don't have what we think we need in order to get it done. Let me uh, help you out to understand that God always has provision. Mm. And so in this provision here that they did not have a lamb, but they could afford two, two turtle doves or two pigeons to satisfy the sacrifice and the offering. And so they offered the sacrifice required in the law to the Lord, either a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. But now here's what's happening here. As they're being obedient unto God and serving him, God is still working. Hallelujah. Of showing people how special Jesus is because if you look early in Luke's account, right, he talks about how the shepherds and the angels showed up. It's, it tells us of how uh, the, the 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 birth of Jesus causes a uh, an emotion that, that there's a star of David showing around and and shepherds and singing and angels show up. And now here we hear into the temple two people show up. It says, at the same time, there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was righteous and devout and was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him and had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. That day, the spirit led him to the temple. So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus to the Lord as the law required, Simeon was there. He took the child in his arms and praised God, saying, stop right there. Here we go. It says that they were dedicated to the Lord. Now, in the text, uh, Moses' law reminds us that every firstborn, every firstborn is sacred unto God, is dedicated unto God. And then the, then the mother and the father can redeem that child back by buy that child back with their pain of the shekels. Here we find out that uh, he is being dedicated, but he is the son of God. <laughs> and and he is the anointed one, the Messiah, and the Holy Spirit rests on Simeon and says now is the time to, to go into the temple. Check this out. Check this out. Uh, he, here's infant Jesus, recognized as the Messiah. We know his adult ministry began roughly at the age of 30, but yet he was always Savior. Because he says, here he is, the Messiah. What I want to point out is this, that God is always God. His power is the same power. And Simeon wanted to know the Messiah. God promised him he would not die until he seen the Messiah. Now, as I read this, this hit my heart very hard because there's some people in my life that I know, and you might have them same people in your life that you wish that they might know Jesus. And you pray that before they die that they might know him. Uh, because we know that if you don't know him before you die... You will see him again, but it will be a totally different introduction. And so I'm like, wow, Lord, can I have this prayer? I lift up so-and-so that they might know Jesus, that they might see him for who he is, and they might surrender their lives to him and and be led by the Holy Spirit and serve him until they die. Simeon wanted to see Christ, Because of Mary and Joseph's obedience, they bring forth their son for the dedication unto God. Exodus 13, uh, verse 2 says this: Consecrate every firstborn male, the first offspring of every woman among the Israelites, belongs to me, whether man or animal. Jesus, being the firstborn, hallelujah, was dedicated. But you do, you know, he was not only just the firstborn of Mary and Joseph, but also he is the firstborn of the resurrection. let me let me do a test real quick Uh, you know he died right all right y'all with me all right man amen and since you know he died you know he he rose again and because he rose again he is the first fruit of the resurrection what do you mean the resurrection he's the first one to rise and never die again Mm. Uh, lazarus got up and they buried him again that man they buried that, that landed on Elisha's bones, he got up, I guarantee you, he died again. Uh, but when Jesus, hallelujah, rose from the grave, he rose never to die again. Death has been defeated. So here we see the sim- symbolism that he is being dedicated as the firstborn, being born of flesh of the virgin Mary, but also, hallelujah, and some 33 years later we're going to celebrate that he is the firstborn of the resurrection. And how we can join him in this birth. And so Jesus' whole ministry is shown right here, even in obedience. That mother and father are obeying the law. And by them obeying the law, it is allowing for Simeon. Then we're going to find out that our next guest, how they too get to celebrate because of their obedience. So here it is look, look what Simeon says when he sees them. He says something very poetic to them, for he sees the Messiah, God shows him this, and here's what it says that Simeon. Verse twenty, Samuel was there. He took the child in his arm and, p- and praised God, saying, "Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace, as you have promised. I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people, His light to reveal God to the nations, and His glory of your people Israel." Think about how Jesus, when in coming to serve and serving, He was bringing forth salvation and bringing forth salvation. It was not just for Israel, but for All people. Aren't you glad that God involves everybody? And involving everybody, check this out, check this out, That is involving a sacrifice because he did not stop there. Then he looks at Mary and Joseph and he tells them this. He says, this child is destined to cause many in Israel to fall, but he will be a joy to many others. He has been sent as a sign from God, but many will oppose him. As a result, the deepest thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your very soul. Oh, not only is he coming to serve, and yet he's going to cause some, some, some issues. Uh, many will fall, and many will rise. Many will rejoice, and many hearts will be revealed. But yet your heart will be pierced. And how, how we know a married heart was pierced seeing her own son sacrificed on the cross. So you can see that at this young age that the prophet was able to see all the totality of of our salvation in through the Holy Spirit revealing to him and he's seeing Jesus that he can see that wow he's going to reveal hearts he's going to save many but yet you Mary being the chosen vessel you will have a sword go through your heart you will suffer pain and discomfort but yet, look, it does not stop there. We have another guest come in, Anna. A prophet was there in the temple. She was the daughter of Phineal, the tribe of Asher, and she was very old. Her husband died when they had been married only seven years. She lived as a widow at the age of 84, and so some suggest that she lived as a widow for 84 years. Apostle, so possibly she might be 100 years old. But how it is, we know she is old. But the age is not the point. The point is that she was a devout prophet that was found where? In the temple. Mm. What was she doing in the temple? She was fasting and praying. Oh, glory be to God. She was not gossiping and playing. It says fasting and praying. There's times that she understood that she was spending her days, and through that, God gave her a revelation that when she saw Jesus, something came over her. Then she lived as a widow of the age of 84. She never left the temple but stayed there day and night, worshiping God with fasting and prayer. She came along just as Simeon was talking with Mary and Joseph, and she began praising God too. Oh, it got contagious. Simeon started praising God. Oh, let me hold the baby. Let me bless God. She said, wait a minute. Let me join in this great celebration, too, and said, hey, I'm going to start worshiping God. Let me have somebody else. Have you ever been sitting next to somebody and they started worshiping God? Let me tell you something. You can do the same thing. (laughs) You don't have to stand by and watch them and say, let them have it all by themselves. No, you can go ahead and worship him yourself and give glory unto God. Nothing stopped her. She said, well, he's holding the baby. I can't worship God right now. No, she said, let me join him. So she came along just as Simon was talking with Mary and Joseph. She began praising God. She talked about the child everyone who had been waiting, expecting for the God to rescue Jerusalem. When Jesus' parents had fulfilled all requirements of the law of the Lord, they returned home to Nazareth in Galilee. There the child grew up with health and strong. He was filled with wisdom, and God's favor was with him. Do you see here that Simeon looks at him and sees the consolation of Jerusalem? And she looks upon and sees the redemption of Jerusalem. What I want us to grab here is that we are encouraged every time we see Jesus. Do you notice how Mary and Joseph being obedient, just being obedient, blessed two people? One could not die until he saw Jesus. (laughs) The other one was waiting to see his celebration, to see uh, see his salvation come forth. What I want to point out is this, that in Jesus coming to serve, his service, check this out, his service was not about him, but for us. How can I grab this and put this into my life? Here it is. What? Makes you great. What makes you great is your service. It's not a title you attained, it's not the degrees you achieved, it's not the earnings you have received. It's your service. Jesus, check this out Jesus uh, was sitting down at a, at, a, at a power dinner. As you know, when you have a power dinner, you know leaders sit down and celebrate, and he's having a power dinner, and he's the most powerful one in that room with all those other powerful leaders. And he got up and became the least. He washed their feet. Washing someone's feet was the lowest lowest of lowest of lowest of lowest. You can't get any lower of a slave duty. And he did that. And he got up and says, you call me master, but I served you. We see that this, this was a totality of him teaching on service that when he was one time walking into Jerusalem, his James and John the, the, the brothers came up to say hey, can one have your right, one have your left? He says, not for me to give if you want to be great, the greatest of these is the least of these. The greatest of these is the servants of all. So if you serve, then you be great. He let them understand that do not act as if in this world. This world makes those who are above make them special. But he says, I'm not here for the above to make them special, but I came for the poor i came for the blind i came for the lame i came for the weak and preached the gospel unto them do you understand how jesus is pointing out that i came to serve and that's what makes me great i'm not great because i have the best of everything no i came to serve everybody not to be served And so we see this mother and father were obeying God and serving God and brought forth their son into the temple. And and Simeon and Anna are blessed by God that they were able to see, oh glory be to God, the beauty and the totality of God's salvation at that moment and at that time. Check this out. They did not have to see the end story. All they had to see was God. Let me help somebody out. Some of you have been waiting for something to happen in your life and you won't worship God until you see that thing happen. Let me tell you that just because you have not seen it happen, meaning it's not going to happen. Do you understand that God works things out in his time? Salvation was present in baby Jesus, and it was fulfilled on the cross. But in the temple, when he was just a few months old, they were still able to worship God because they knew they served an awesome God and knew that salvation was possible. So therefore, they worshiped him anyhow. So what does that mean? That means that you may not see what you want to see at the moment at the time, but serve him anyhow. You may not get a pat on your back and may not fully understand what's going on, but serve him anyhow. You may have some people say some questionable things to you, but don't worry about them. Serve him anyhow. Anyhow, you will have some naysayers. We have some people come against you, but with God for you, who can be against you? Serve Him anyhow. There's gonna be somebody gonna tell you, you've been defeated, you can't do this, you can't do that, but you can look at them and say, I'm more than a conqueror. Serve Him anyhow. You gonna tell somebody, oh, death is coming. You're going to die. But you can say, not death, nor nakedness, nothing can separate from the love of God. I'm gonna serve him. So Jesus came to serve. And servant, check this out. And it closes out that Luke gives us the most we have about him as a child. It says that he grew in grace, in knowledge, and in wisdom. You want to grow in grace and knowledge and the wisdom. Here's the key. Serve him. In Christ's service, look at what he did. He was able to, as an infant, oh, scratch that, in his mother's womb, he was, made, he was able to make John the Baptist jump In his mother's womb, he goes as an infant into the temple. He causes a crowd to come around him, and they break out in spontaneous worship in his presence. He grows in grace and wisdom and knowledge to the age of 12. He goes into the temple. He's able to teach the teachers. Oh, glory be to God. He grows a maturer status and begins his ministry after John the Baptist is in, in prison. And he begins re- preaching, saying, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. And it says that Jesus' disciples baptized more <laughs> than John the baptizer. Check this out, check this out. And he just began his ministry. Mm. This is just the early stages that he's already beaten a man who's been doing it all his life. Says they've already baptized, not Jesus himself, but his disciples baptized more than John the Baptist. Even that, as he was still in his adult ministry, they've never seen this before. How can a man be born blind? regain his sight. We've never seen anything like this ever in the days of Moses. They said a man was born blind. He didn't become blind at all age and regained his sight. No, he was born blind. I mean, there was something physically wrong with him. They understood. Many became blind because dust got in their eyes from the sand and they couldn't see. And all of a sudden the sight might have come back. They might have washed it out and said, hey, I can see again. But this man was born blind. He was able to take a man on a, on a mat, raised down by his friends, and make him to walk. But that was not the best miracle. The best miracle was that he says, your sins are forgiven. He says, let you know that I am fully God, that I have the power to forgive sins, your sins are forgiven. Then the man got up and walked. What he did, what does this, this show us? that not only can I physically heal him, but internally I can heal. Now, not even that, he showed his power and service that on his way to the cross, check this out. Uh, Thomas says, Jesus, you don't want to go back to Jerusalem. You know they want to kill you there. That's all right. Let's roll. All right. Let's go. And he goes back and look what he does, right? That's when he says, Lazarus, come forth. He, was, In his service, he was able to take a man dead four days and rise from the grave. And at that time, the Pharisees and the Sadducees says, we so sure enough got to kill this man. Look how they come after him. There's nothing we can do to stop him. Check this out. They not only wanted to kill Jesus, they wanted to kill Lazarus because he was evidence of Jesus' power. But that didn't stop Jesus. He still was in Jerusalem. Stayed in there. Fellowship with them. Knowing that Judas was going to betray him. He even ate with him. And he prayed for them was greeted by, kissed by Judas, was beaten, crucified, died on the cross, all for our sake. He served death so that we might know life because the third day morning, he rose with all power in his hand. And because of his service, check this out, he walked for some 40 days, (laughs) With the disciple. Now, I think about that for a moment. I, I, I missed this beforehand. But he cast it. It's 40 days for the mother's purification to bring him to the temple. 40 days, he, 40, 40 days after he dies, he spends some time to purify the disciples. He had to get them ready for Peter was going out fishing. They were all hiding in the cave. He says, hey, hey, do you love me? Yes, I love you. Feed my sheep. We know the story. tells them three times, and he tells them how he's going to talk. He empowers them. And he says, I, I go, and when I go, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. This is where I'm coming to my conclusion. He says, I go, and I'm sending the Holy Spirit. Did you, did you not see in the text the Holy Spirit was present as they were in the temple? The Holy Spirit led Simeon to Jesus. The Holy Spirit led Anna to him. And they worshiped him. Hallelujah. Check this out. Jesus loves you so much he never leaves you lost. He always has given us the Holy Spirit that we might find him. And so here it is, here it is, here it is. So and when we're serving him and others of people tell you how not to do, don't listen to them, but listen to your guide. <laughs> and you have a guy. Has anybody ever been driving and you had your GPS system and somebody calls you and the GPS system going at the same time while somebody's trying to talk to you? Never had that problem before? you call calling turn left I'm sorry I can't hear you over the GPS so check this out the directions never stop because it wants to make sure it gets you that even when you have a phone call let me help you out somebody there's people that's trying to interrupt you trying to stop you but God will never stop giving you the instructions and the directions of where you need to go and you son are gonna get happy he says arrive to your destination <laughs> here it is I want you to understand that we need to hold on and keep pushing on until Jesus shows up, up with a trump in the sky and we will have arrived to our destination. And he's going to take us. where well, there will be no more pain? There'll be no more sorrow? There'll be, he'll wipe the tears from our eyes and it'll be forever hello and never goodbye. So here it is. Will you serve him? Because if you will serve him, he will empower you with the Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit will give you the power that comes from him. Because we have got the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And all are here to help us to do his great and holy will. He came to serve. Now we must serve him. Let's pray. Father, we thank you.